Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 14, Episode 3, titled A Pair of Balls. My name's Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one garrulous co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... I eat ass, you guys. <laughs> Oh my god, the sink right there. To Taylor the Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor the Latte Boy. That, that was one that I could see, but I was more for Clip Zero, but I was focused on something else. What did you Still. predict? What did you predict? Uh, something about the coffee enemas. Oh, see, have you ever had a coffee enema? That, nope. that, that felt very like, okay, Taylor the Latte Boy. No. We know that much I enjoy coffee. Uh, so then, I assumed. Okay, off the air, I'm going to say this. I'm going to let you off the, off the air. This came up, that whole, like, ew, and all that stuff, that shit that RuPaul was doing. People in the live, which yeah. is a great transition, actually. People in the live episode discussion were suggesting that be clip zero. And I said, that's very good. But I can already hear Taylor going, that's clip zero to Babaloo. Yeah. So it can't be clip mm-hmm. zero. So... Um, which, by the way, I do have it in my notes about, you know, this is where I do the Patreon plug, you know. Yeah. And one of the things I realized yesterday is I rarely participate, but yesterday I did, is there is a very, 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 very wonderful and active uh, Discord, but specifically a live episode discussion so that they watch the episode live with each other and they chat and they talk. And I want to reiterate again, for the record... Okay, this community uh-huh. is so nice, so welcoming, so warm, so amazing. Okay, and so fun that they would welcome you with open arms, uh-huh. especially if you post immediately in the porn decor lounge. Like some people do. <laughs> I was going to say, especially if you post a thirst trap pic. Yeah, but um, but they open you with open arms and open legs. You know, sometimes. Uh-huh. And uh, but it's a very and, and I was like, this is so fun. If if you know, when I walk in the room, it's Boppy walk in the room, so everyone gets weird. But like, Dad, I'm so jealous. I wish I could be one of those people. What I should do is make a fake Discord account. <laughs> <laughs> and walk amongst the people. And posting thirst trap picks. Posting thirst trap picks, sliding into DMs, you know, not giving my Snapchat out, doing all that. Uh-huh. And um then I would, get to, I would get to play with, like, I, I want to hang out with them, but I can't because they get all weird. Uh, anyway, if you want to join, you can join at the at the premium level or whatever. Don't join at Basic Plus, but premium level. <laughs> and uh, you can get all those benefits and more over at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. In fact, Taylor, I did yes. forget to play this last week, but I actually have a listener, Tom from Australia, left a voicemail about why he likes the Discord. Not about at Patreon. Hi, this is Tom from Australia, and I was ringing to say the reason I joined the Patreon was originally to have access to the Discord when I was going to have a lot of time off and be at home a lot last year. I wanted to chat with other people about the drag shows, uh, and that was really great. But uh, more than that, then, what I loved getting as well was the extra content and particularly the shows with Laurie Roggenkamp. She is just so funny. Oh, oh, and, oh. Shut it uh, off. Shut it off. In by Joe. Her shows are incredible. So I oh my cannot God. get enough Stop. Laurie. There is so much Laurie in this Patreon and that's what I love about it. Well, I like most of that message. 
Yeah, that eighty percent of that is a great, great message. Well, I know there's one listener out there from down under who does not like uh, that Lori isn't his favorite part. Do you remember <laughs> the listener from down under who just got so mad that Lori made fun of the older pit crew guy? Also, yeah. Taylor, and other news before we get into the show, we got an email, and this is a correction. We had someone, Detective Andrew, okay, listener named Andrew. Um, the the subject line was Lady Camden. How old? And he wrote, hi, Joe and Taylor, Andrew in London here. Like you, I think this Lady Camden looks like an old woman from some angles. For sure, way older than 31. So mm-hmm. I have checked the paywalled National Register of Births, Marriages, and Deaths for England, and she really <laughs> she really is 31. Here's the entry for her birth. Uh, he used her birth name. I won't give it here. Even though you can look it up very easily, I'm just not going to give it. And it right. shows. It shows that she was born... Uh, you know, when she said she was born and he mentions her mother, she's a vintage clothing dealer in London and she's been posting about Camden on Instagram and he posted the Instagram there. And so he goes, there you go. It's a treat to have you guys recapping the show again. Love and good wishes, Andrew. So thank you, Nancy Andrew. Yeah. For setting the record straight. So, um, yeah. So now we, so, so here's the deal. I know people were like, that was really dicky of Joe. I feel this is bad news. That means Lady Camden looks like that at 31. Like an old lady. What's she going to look like when she's our age? Dust. (laughs) A pile of dust. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. Um, Dame Judy Dench. Who I think actually looks great for her age. I don't know how old she is. Judy Dench looks awesome for her age. I love Judy Dench. Who do you like more? The Barefoot Contessa or Judy Dench? Barefoot Contessa. We watched two episodes of that this morning because now I can, I can play up the, I don't feel good. Can we watch a barefoot contestant? Oh, does Babalu <laughs> not goes, like Yes. Does Babalu not like No, that? it's not that he doesn't like it. There's other shows that we watch that I think he would rather watch. But that's a Saturday morning, like, it's light. You don't have to think. You can play on your phone while you're mm-hmm. watching it. Be like to um, Mystery Science Theater 3000 it. You know, where we say that she's actually secretly a horrible person. And so we mutter things that she's, she mutters things under her breath while she's talking. And there used to be, it's a, like, it's a fun activity. There used to be this iconic dive gay bar in Venice Beach, California called Rooster Fish. It still exists, but now they turn it into a swanky gay bar that no gay people go into. And it's only like mm-hmm. white people going, we're in a gay bar and it's a $15 bottle of water or something like that, right? Yeah. But it used to be like a dive gay bar. And um, they used to have this, like, not my version of hot, but, like, your version of hot, like, bartender. And mm-hmm. um, he had a name that started with a K sound, but it was, like, like, Kane or something like that, right? Like, a cute gay porn star name. But so, so yeah. He wor- Caleb. Yeah, like that. <laughs> yes, Caleb. West End Caleb. <laughs> so he, um, he used to, uh, which, by the way, I'm going to listen to this in three years and go... Who the fuck is West End Caleb? But any oh, West Elm Caleb? Who's West Elm Caleb? You know, and, I don't know who West Elm Caleb is. Oh, you don't? You just picked Caleb out of thin air? Yeah. Oh my god, that's, what, is, that's a that's a gay porn name. That you just that is so weird. You just tapped into like the um the zeitgeist accidentally. So right now the big social media storm is about this guy named West Elm Caleb. Right. And on okay. TikTok, all these girls in, I believe in uh, New York or England, London, I think are, um, I don't know where anything is, are 
writing about this guy, West, and it actually came up accidentally. Someone on uh, TikTok made a TikTok about how a guy named Caleb had love bombed her and then ghosted her. And all these women started to respond going, is it this guy, this guy, this guy? And it wasn't. But what it turned out, what it uncovered was there was this guy who said he worked at West Elm and he would love bomb these women multiple at a time and then ghost them. And okay, all I mean, it's blowing up social media. Everyone's talking about it. Gay people are somehow involved, even though the straight people usually saying things like that's just called being gay, you know, or something like that. And um, yeah, so that's literally the name of the moment right now. And so it's funny that you said that. Anyway, well, now for future Joe, I've just explained what that joke means. <laughs> but um, anyway, Taylor, so this guy, this like quote unquote hot guy, did this. He worked days. He worked the day when only sad like people went in. He he worked from mm-hmm. like ten a.m. to two p.m. or something like that, right? And he did a thing called cooking with Caleb. And you'd go in, and there'd be special drink specials. And um, he would just, which is such a brilliant idea. He was just bartending and being the hot guy that Caleb is, you know. But on the TV screen, they had Food Network cooking shows, and mm-hmm. so you could go in and watch these cooking shows and have a few drinks and you know, flirt with Caleb. And I was thinking that if I, cause there was a, a brief moment this week where I thought about quitting after thought media and like I do every week. And, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I could just open up a coffee shop and I would just play cooking shows all day. People could go and have coffee and watch this smelly barefoot Contessa. Um, Stop. And her. this horrible other, who's no, actually, I don't have a, Rachel Ray. I don't like this Rachel Ray. Like, they could just oh, watch- no, she's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that one. She yeah. is horrible. She, like, we could just watch those shows. Because the- Food Network doesn't really do those cooking shows anymore, right? No, they do. They do. It's just that a lot of the things at night are all – it's chopped. all that guy, Fieri. Yeah. Uh, or, or Chopped. But Chopped comes on – I think a- Chopped is only one night a week, but they do show – what what I remember is they usually tend to pick a show a day, and then it is that show all day. And they, oh. they, they show all of the new episodes on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, so, cause I remember when I was in the hospital years ago, Valerie Bertinelli has a cooking show on Food Network and I kept falling asleep and waking up and I was very confused as to why she was putting, you know, chocolate sauce in a meatloaf <laughs> or in a pot yeah. roast sort of thing. And I was they're like, Oh no, I've been asleep for 45 minutes. It's a completely different episode. Oh, so it's. They do things like that. But Chopped is one of those shows that I I never really watch it, but when I do, I absolutely love it because it is – I love all of the judges on it and how panicked the judges get. Oh, I don't watch it because it makes me really stressed. Like when I watch food shows, I want to be relaxed. I don't want to be like, uh, I can't pay my car bill. I hope I win this money so that I can live another day. Well, Chopped has become sort of a thing where – uh, that was a bonding moment for my, uh, the woman who cuts my hair and I, because where she used to, where I used to get my hair cut, they had TVs at each, um, station mm-hmm. and she would say, we can watch whatever you want. And I'm like, let's watch Food Network because I didn't have cable TV at that point. And Chopped was always on on Tuesday nights from five to six. So she and I would talk about Chopped the whole time and what do we think they could do and all of that kind of stuff. So that became sort of a, a point of, Anytime I see Chopped, I I fondly think of the woman who cuts my hair, which is an odd correlation, but it's just what I like. And at um, Christmas, our holiday party was catered by somebody who almost won Chopped. 
who was like a friend of a coworker. So she came in and she did all the food for it. And it was really good. Thank you. This week, two queens are brought back in the race, and all 14 are given special chocolate bars. Well, next, the queens create three looks each for one of the two balls taking place. In the end, Willow Pill is named the winner, while June Jambalaya and Maddie Morphosis are placed in the bottom two. After a lip-sync battle for their lives, Maddie is told, Shantae, you stay, while June is asked to sashay away. Taylor the Latte Boy named two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. It would be easier to list two things I did not like and one thing I did. Um, this was a very messy episode to me mm-hmm. that they are not even subtly trying to tell you what to think with this episode. It, it, the manipulation is just gross. Um, so I was, I was not a fan of this episode and I love the ball challenges. Those, those are always my favorite one because I like the looks. Um, but even then it just was very lackluster to me. Um, something that I liked, I liked that it was the ball challenge. I liked the idea that they split the girls up into two teams for lack of a better word to have two different themes. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one thing I liked. I didn't like the fact that they brought, uh, Orion and Daya back and I, I do not like the manipulation that they did with this episode. What about you? So, I think I'm very interested to explore this because I actually, um, and this is going to relate to my second thing I liked. They all relate together, but um, I really liked. I felt a lot of the moments that are usually and probably still are very producer driven felt very authentic. They felt genuine. They didn't feel to me uh, forced. They may have been. But they didn't feel it, okay? That's the okay. thing I liked. Number two, what I will say is what a wonderful and lovely group of contestants we have. Like, there's not one that I really dislike at all. There's no Candy Muse. There's no, you know, there's no one problematic. Everyone is perfectly lovely. I mean, my biggest problem is Orion's hair, you know? <laughs> But I agree uh, with you on that too. They're all like, they're all people that I genuinely think are really good people and really nice people. Now, the one thing I didn't like is what a wonderful group and lovely group of girls this is. Uh, yep. That's, I was going to say that's, but there's a problem with that. And I, I'm glad that you addressed that. So go ahead. Yeah. Is that, you know, it's wonderful. I mean, it, it is. It's, it's very nice that they all get along. It makes for some pretty boring television. Yep. Uh, and, um, which is, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, we can talk about, it. I mean, there are moments that I mean, uh, today, but you know, it's almost again, like they blew their load with this episode where it's like, okay, this is where you and I might differ is, you know, the moments like with cornbread crying and running out and, uh, the dragonfly and the Orion's mom committing suicide. And it just seemed like everybody was just spilling their guts on elimination. It was like everyone was just, it was a crying mess. I don't even see where else they have to go for another 11 episodes, you know? So, um, uh, that's the thing that I'm like, well, I mean, like, let's see where this goes because they all get along. And unless someone completely changes their personality, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. And that, that is my, that's kind of part of the, 
there's the manipulation on the um, producer's part, I think, but there is also this where we have reached a point in this show of where I feel like the casts are going to get more and more, which we kind of saw this with the elimination this week, as it was talked about again on Untucked, mm-hmm. of they are very aware that they are aware of what happens after they leave. Mm-hmm. And that is something that now plays in their mind more so than just being in the competition. Um, and as a result, I think we're going to get more and more of these nice casts with maybe the one or two odd, odd you know, I think Candy Muse last week, what, last year was an example of that, of where she was so not at least initially playing the nice girl that um, I think it's going to make for, it's really going to come down to how they do in the challenges versus, you know, the, the behind the scenes stuff. Cause the behind the scenes stuff I think is just going to be boring. Mm-hmm. And that concerns me considering we're only episode three in. Yeah. There's no, yeah. Cause usually I'll be honest with you. There's an inverse relationship with the show and untucked in that the show gets more interesting. Usually as the season goes on, you become more invested in the girls and that narrows down the competition and becomes a horse race. Usually after, um, uh, snatch game, you know, becomes more right. competition. The competition really heats up right after snatch game, the way it's timed out. Untucked is usually the opposite. Untucked usually carries the heavy load in the beginning and there's a lot of fighting and drama and intensity. And then as the season goes on and, uh, as, and there are fewer girls and, and they become more friendly with each other, Untucked becomes more boring. So yeah. you, that, that's a, it's, a, it's an important relationship between the two shows, but Untucked is already a love fest. It's been a love fest the entire time. And so, yeah. uh, yeah, there's no girl who wants to go in there and make their moment. I don't know. Look and look. Ultimately, it sounds like I'm I'm cheering for evil and awful, uh, and I'm not. But in terms of a television show and compelling television, uh, I am. So, you know what to say. All right. Well, yeah. after Daya's elimination, Daya herself deems herself the lip sync assassin. The week when queens re-enter the workroom, and Willow meets Georges and complains that Willow's no longer. The smallest queen. The next day, RuPaul enters the workroom and announces that Orion Story and Diabetti have been invited to return to the race. Next, Ru calls the pit crew forth, uh, and they wheel in a cart carrying 14 RuPaul chocolate bars. Ru explains that one of these chocolate bars is a special gold bar. The eliminated queen who opens her chocolate bar and discovers it's gold will earn a spot back in the competition. Finally, Ru announces this week's maxi challenge. Not one, but two balls! The week one queens will serve three looks for the animal print themed hide and chic ball while the week two queens will walk in the patriotic red white and blue ball the tale of the latte boy both a lot to unpack and yet nothing to unpack uh what did you think yep. of everything that happened here um well the first thing that i noticed was as soon as they all walked back into the workroom maddie took off her dress Mm-hmm. And was basically standing there in her underwear and a baseball cap, okay. which I thought was very unusual. Mm-hmm. Just I, and I get that she had the the outfit with the the head, and you know where she was like the headless person, but to not to do that just felt weird to me. It was weird because then it's like where it's all of these queens and you know a boy with makeup on standing next to mm-hmm. all of them i didn't yeah. necessarily like that did you notice that at all or did you no, have no i didn't notice that? that at all which is funny because i tried watching closer okay. and i didn't even notice it okay um i so then the first group comes in with what i would consider to be very very lackluster groups l- looks 
very mm-hmm. lackluster looks. Um, but I also think they knew that was only for like a brief, they weren't going to get a whole episode out of this and they weren't going to be judged for it. So I think that it looks like they picked some of their least polished looks for that. For um, what? What are you talking about? When, when the first group came in and they were all in drag. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know why so, I jumped forward. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, no. So it just mm-hmm. felt very like oh, some of the looks were just like oh, that's not mm-hmm. a, that's not a great look for mm-hmm. for them, you know. Like especially like the one the one that comes to mind is you know cornbread with that weird little Dorothy Hamill blonde mm-hmm. bowl cut thing was just an odd. I can't imagine her wearing something like that on the runway mm-hmm. and not expecting to be read for filth for it. Um, I found it interesting that and this kind of speaks to the machine of the show now is that a lot of the girls who didn't know each other were familiar with each other they were like oh my gosh this one's here and you know i'm a huge fan of this one and Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff and i think it just sort of speaks to the culture or community of drag sorry um where it is now it's not just about where you have no idea who anybody is coming in through the door, mm-hmm. you know? And and I think that kind of takes away from this because everybody, it's almost like an extra layer of, it's almost extra credit for homework of knowing who all of these other girls are, whether they're Instagram girls or whether they're like Carrie, the daughter of Sasha Colby, or it, it rather than just kind of getting to know the girls one-on-one. That mm-hmm. was, that was my thought. I have a couple of other thoughts, but I want to give you a chance to talk. Deja Sky was so cringy when she was like, uh-huh. RuPaul herself said, looks like we have a lip sync assassin. I'm like, and I wonder when she watched the episode back, was she like, because I didn't yeah. think her lip sync, I didn't think it was bad, but I don't know why RuPaul said that. I think RuPaul was just trying to stir up shit because she knows if she calls someone that it can stir shit up because there was nothing about Deja's. Yeah lip sync that made her a lip sync assassin and so like she but the way she was wearing that badge of honor was just like it was very arched eyebrow she looks like is it the movie zootopia with one of the people that works <laughs> at the dmv or something like that like there's like i have an image of a cartoon fish with like pearls and those kind of glasses Maybe it's SpongeBob SquarePants. Maybe it's Zootopia. I'm just thinking an anthropomorphic like fish or something. Uh, maybe well, I mean get... with the big glasses and the big yeah. head. There's Edna Mode yes. from The Incredibles. That's okay. Weird. It, no, 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 no. Not that. No, no, not her. It's like okay. a, maybe has someone posted in the Discord like like a big... somebody trots away said in Monsters Inc. The Slug Lady. Yes, that's who I think it is. Can someone post a picture of the Monsters, Inc. slug lady? There was something going on where I was like, she looks like a cartoon character that I've seen before. Uh, And she's going there like, looks like we have, um, uh, looks like we have a lip sync assassin here, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, another thing that was like, poor Alicia Keys, she's been there the whole fucking day. She seemed happier with this part than she did when she talked the first time. And I think that's because there was a limo with the engine running outside waiting yeah. to take her home. Yeah. I, I could do this and it's going to take 10 seconds. Fine. Fine. Yeah. All right. Fine. Um, but that was my only thoughts on that part. What, now let's go back to the next day. Your any thoughts big on the next day when they come in? Um, when I wrote girls are back, what I was. Now I like diabetes. Sure. We know you do. 
but <laughs> I was slightly crestfallen because in my mind, I'm like, that means there's two more episodes <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> where it was just sort of like, oh, you got to be kidding. Like we're starting, we're starting from scratch. I didn't, mm-hmm. I, I, I think at this point, you know, they didn't let back uh, Kelly Mantle and Magnolia Crawford. So they shouldn't have. I, I'm a little was a little disappointed with that, mm-hmm. um, but that being said, I like Diabetti's looks on the runway. Um, the 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 golden bar, yeah. It's a dumb twist. Mm-hmm. It's a really dumb twist. Yeah, and I think it potentially saves Rue from doing a double Shante, where she doesn't have to be the one to do that. Mm-hmm. I also think. Mm-hmm. That there is no way that the producers haven't already picked which girl got the bar. Okay. Unless, unless it is where they signed it, they signed on the piece of paper or on the fold of the, of the, the bar to where it kind of crosses over to where it's, it, the, the signatures on both sides of the paper as it's wrapped around. Cause that could be easily manipulated to somebody else to to when they realize it would make for a good story if we just kind of switch out the bars. That is my thought on that. Taylor, I you know, I talk about this a bit, but I'm going to sort of lay down some things here. As a magician, mhm. My my antennas already perked up when I saw what was going on. Okay? Mhm. And I can't get too into it because of the secret council of magic I'm in. Or what do they call it? Which is clearly making fun of the magic castle, which I'm a member of, on Arrested Development. But what do they call it there on Arrested Development? I don't remember. Oh, God. I know what you're talking about, but I don't I don't remember what it's called. And there's one on Big Mouth, too, where one of the characters is friends with a bunch of magicians. And it's the same. It's called, like, the Secret Order or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's basically what I'm part of. Taylor's laughing. It's that Lauren S. says, what other Drag Race podcast can have a Jose as a magician? <laughs> yeah. As a magician, I was already able to think, and I can't discuss the methods, of a hundred different ways that they could swap it out. Mm-hmm. You know? And one of the telling signs was the signing, and it just seemed very overproved. And you keep it. You're going to sign it. You're going to keep it. Um because notice, if you really wanted it to be random, right? If you really wanted it to be random, you would say, after you're eliminated, we're going to wheel out this table, and you can just pick among the chocolate bars, right? And if you pick the one that is a gold bar, then you get the steak. There's no way the producers could limit to it, could force that. Oh, that's, sure they that's could. True. Sure they, they could. could. Oh, no, no, I, I they could do where. Where they could have where it is nothing but gold bars. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Never thought about that. You're right. But the point is, as a magician, <laughs> um, this overproving made me think, oh, they're totally going to manipulate this. And there's a million yeah. ways that you could do it. Um, yeah. Because also, too... In magic, when you really want to show, by the way, if a magician has to do that, that means that your signature means nothing, right? Is yeah. they would say, sign it wherever you want. Mm-hmm. Sign, sign all over the candy bar. We don't care. 
right? Because then that's harder to, to, to pull off. But they, if you notice, they had to go on a board, and they, they never showed you, and it was very specific. You could tell where they had to sign. And yeah. I'm like, that specificity and the fact that they had to do it one by one on this clipboard, there's a there's something going on, you know? Uh, and there's a million ways that they could do that and switch it out. Because remember, too, they're not going to make the let's, – let's say the girls truly are holding that chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. And they go, okay, well, bring your chocolate bar to the main stage. There's no way they're going to make them hold it in their boobs while they're right. When June pulled it out, like like the lipstick on All Stars, I'm like, that would be a hot, sweaty mess if yeah. that was the like. Just that's again, yeah. they're manipulating us into thinking. Now, I also don't think that on All Stars, the lips lip sync assassins actually dance with the lipstick, but. That one's slightly more plausible than a chocolate bar in their bra. Yeah, so they're like, give us the chocolate bar. We'll hold it for you. I'm like, right. I bet you will. <laughs> you know? and feverishly uh, standing over a steaming pot of water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to- and by the way, notice that uh, June never sh- – they might even be as simple like this. Just, not how you have your signature on it, right? And so, like, June never showed. Look, here's my signature, and I'm opening. She just opened it. Yeah. I mean, it could be even – not even magic. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's 100% bullshit. Yes. So. Um, Orion should always wear a beanie. <laughs> I, I can see that, yes. In the yes, confessionals. we don't have the weird bowl cut. Yeah. yeah. In the confessionals, I was like, ugh. Right? <laughs> but mm-hmm. when I would see him in the work, I'm like, who is that fucking hot piece of ass, right? But he's wearing a beanie. Right. Oh, by the way, did you notice there was no Shira that had herses? Uh, there, I don't think there normally is the when they first all come back. I think she just kind of walks in and says something along the lines of, like, you know, oh, you know, everybody's here or something oh, like that. I, right. well, I don't. Let's see. let's see how it goes. Um, don't ever cross me again. And, <laughs> all right. Have you said how anything? Dare you? Have you said everything you want to say about, um, this this first this first act yes yeah all right why don't we do this why don't we take a break now when we come back we are going to cover the rest of the episode we'll be back right after this Workroom. The first crop of queens learn about Maddie's heterosexuality. Maddie finds a dead dragonfly. Fly. Cornbread pays Diabetti $1,000 to eat the dragonfly. Willow struggles to thread her needle, and Cornbread learns Diabetti's name. Your thoughts on everything that happened in the workroom? There were two workroom segments, but we mushed them into one. Any big thoughts here, Taylor? Um, the, the Maddie... I get that the other team didn't necessarily know it yet about Maddie being straight. I don't want this to be the focus of every time they talk about Maddie, that she's a straight performer. Mm -hmm. Like at some point, it's just got to be, she's either part of, part of the the group or she's not. And I, I I just don't want that to be the focus because I, I'm already bored with it, Mm -hmm. quite frankly. Um, so I thought it was interesting. I actually think I meant to mention this in the last thing, but it, my notes kind of got jumbled. It's weird that Rue picked for the second group to do a red, white, and blue challenge just because that was the photos, uh, the cast photos for season 12. Mm-hmm. So to be going back to that as a theme with that having only been 
a year or two ago mm-hmm. just was sort of an odd like oh okay why are we doing that mm-hmm. um so i wrote down june not being able to sew is worrisome which is as we saw then she had a reason to be worried mm-hmm. um and a, a couple of other things but what are your thoughts so far well taylor i have them right here in my notes like you, I was like, I really hope this is the fucking last of the Maddie Straight storyline. Because you know what the thing is, too, is it, it gives power to heterosexuality. To cis, white, male heterosexuality. Like, oh, you're straight. Oh, my God. I'm just like, okay. Who cares? Right? Yeah. Well, you know they'll bring it up at least one more time if they do a video message from home. Because he mentioned the girlfriend. So, you know, it'll be the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Talking to Maddie. Hi, Maddie. It's yeah. me. I just want to tell you back at home, we're all rooting for you. I miss you. I can't, come bring back, bring that crown home, baby. I love yeah. you. you know, yeah. And then Maddie starts crying and she's like, you know, like, you know, before, wait, hold on here for a second. I, I got it here. I got it. Don't worry about it. Okay. You know, you got this girl. You got this. It's just that. Before I met her, I was, I didn't have anybody in my life. I was alone. I was a straight guy in Fayetteville, Arkansas. There was this weird gay guy I knew who works for Walmart (laughs) who said, you know, just ask God for forgiveness right before you die. (laughs) And then we went to Whataburger. But... (laughs) She met me and she showed me there was another way. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forgive her. And then, then a week later, they break up. Right. <laughs> They've already broken up. Which sort of reminds me of like Alaska and, Sh- and Sharon when they were right. like, oh, I miss my boyfriend. They, I think they already were having problems or broken up or something like that during season five. Yeah. Anyway. Um, June said that she worked as a personal stylist. And I was like, not after this. <laughs> What horror? I mean, the part that she fucked up on is the part that a personal stylist. She's like, I don't know when to stop, and I'm like, you're a personal stylist, right? <laughs> and then there's a part. It's, go ahead. No, it's that just wasn't a good. That, that she she was not painting herself in the best light. No. Then there was a part where, um. They were talking to Carrie, and they said, like, oh, you can just stone the seam or something like that. And they, they, the whole thing about Sharon Stone. Do you really believe they didn't know who Sharon Stone was? Like, that, Yes. And- Unfor- unfortunately, yes. I just saw a video of two girls were being interviewed on the street. Mm-hmm. And it was the picture of Madonna kissing Britney Spears at the VMA. Mm-hmm. And they had no idea who Madonna was. Mm-hmm. So I think that you figured that was like 20 years ago. Yeah. So I think that we are just kind of to that point. You and I are of that age of things that we remember and stuff that the younger generation have no idea. And Sharon Stone has not been a big name celebrity 25 years. What was the last thing that Sharon Stone did that everybody talked about how amazing she was in? Power of the dog. I don't know what that is. She played, she played Bronco Henry in Power of the Dog. All right. Um, let's, 
let's talk so about dumb. let's talk about this dead dragonfly. Mm-hmm. What it, what were you what were you thinking there? So what happened for people is that you know uh, Maddie finds a dead dragonfly on the floor, and Cornbread pays uh, Diabetti a thousand dollars to eat said dragonfly, and then she does, which Diabetti yeah. does eat the dragonfly, and presumably Cornbread you know Venmo Venmo her a thousand dollars tax free. So um, what were tell me about that? Tell me what your thoughts were. I I mean I had down the question would you eat a dragonfly for a thousand dollars? So and I think the answer but would you eat a dragonfly for a thousand dollars? No. No. I would. Um <laughs> but I think that it is it was smart on both their parts because it allows cornbread camera time, even though she was kind of standing off to the side, mm-hmm. and it allows Daya to, to get some, you know, where that's pretty much where that, that's almost like, you know, her own personal mini challenge mm-hmm. that she gets to be the winner of if she pops this dragonfly in her mm-hmm. mouth. So as far as camera time goes, it and it was a moment that mm-hmm. we are talking about now. Yeah. I think it was very, very smart on both their parts to do that. Uh, I'm afraid of bugs, spiders and snakes. So mm-hmm. I was so grossed out that I literally closed my eyes. I refused <laughs> to watch. And I just... Listen, I've never seen it. Let me tell you this. When okay. she put it near her mouth, I was eyes closed, listening for when it was over. Um, and, uh, it was disgusting. I will say, and I have this down for the entire segment. Cornbread really is the star and hero of the season, man. Yep. He is. That was my, yep. Go ahead. No, that was my next, that was my next statement. And this is, goes back to that manipulation that I think is we are seeing. At least this on early on, we are seeing the Bianca Del Rio edit, mm-hmm. I think, of where they're showing her as being very funny, very sassy, but also very kind and very much, you know, where she wants to be supportive, which yeah. we definitely saw that as the girls got more and more. Mm-hmm. The, the group got smaller and it got down to the girls that she really liked. Right. And I feel like we're seeing that early on. Yeah, it It feels like they're already telegraphing. Well, we know that she's we already have a winner. We just have to go through all of this because. Oh, really? You think she's clearly the winner? I think as of right now, I think she is at the very least she is top four, but I think that she is, I think she's the winner so far. If they had to crown somebody today, it would be her. Um, speaking of the manipulation, you know, I see the willow pill manipulation. I see it. I acknowledge it. I mentioned it last week. But I have to admit, though I see it, it's working on me. Right? Like, I feel sorry for Willow Pill. Uh, oh my god, I can't believe she has this, you know, disease that makes her fingers cold and numb. And oh my god, Willow Pill, Willow Pill. And I know the manipulation is happening, but it doesn't right. mean that I don't feel. Right? And so, um, yeah, it's making me mad that I'm falling for it. But I am. Yeah. And I love, 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 love Taylor. That cornbread legit thought her name was Diabetica. <laughs> Which is actually kind of a better name. It is kind of a better name. Yeah. She should change her but name that's, to Diabetica. But that's, that's, she should change her name to Diabetica. But that, I think, also speaks to 
when you have this moment with her with the cornbread, uh, with the dragonfly, mm-hmm. and then you juxtapose it from, I'm going to pay you $1,000 to eat this dragonfly, to can I get you a warm cup of coffee so that you can warm your hands up, mm-hmm. to where I'm going to mispronounce your name, and I'm going to be apologetic about it. And even in the first act where she asks, who's the messy queen to the other group? And when they go, well, who's it on your side? She was like, oh, I have no problem saying I'm the messy. Like she immediately, she, she is so charming. And she is just so where she is. She seems very quick and she, she can read the room immediately. That is a skill that we definitely don't always see these queens have. And that is going to take her very far, yes. if not all the way to the crowd. Well, I think she has a skill that I think it's innate. I don't think it's necessarily conscious, but she's able to play. And I really do mean 3D chess in the best way possible in that she's able to play in the competition. She's also able to play the girls in the room and also tug at the heartstrings of the that even more because then you have to think about she's thinking about the you know making it an easy job for the producers and editors by giving them content. She's very nice to the girls in the room and not in a very fake way. She's great in the competition, but also about the reaction at home. And she's playing. She's you know she's a she's has multiple things going on at once because even and we're going to talk about this in one second. And well, before I'm not going to go in depth about it, but just the way she handled that elimination day mirror moment, where I think a lot of a lesser queen would have turned that into a moment. She she didn't. Yeah, she left the room and came back and was didn't dwell on it. I mean, they talked about it in confessional because clearly the producers wanted to get into it, but she didn't turn it into a workroom moment. You know? Uh, yeah. Probably cognizant of the fact that she knew the producers would ask her and that she would be able to talk about it. But still, yeah. So just, she's at the top of this reality show game. Um, I think she talked about that elimination day. It's elimination day and the uh, queens get ready for the runway. June pulls Orion aside to lament and celebrate Orion's return. Lady Camden cackles at Angeria's accent. Orion shares a deeply personal story about the loss of her mother. Carrie shares her struggle as a young trans person and triggers Cornbread, who leaves the workroom in tears. Uh, Taylor Velate boy, your thoughts on elimination day? You know, you are a licensed mental health professional, so I'm sure, I mean, there was a lot going on in in this um, elimination day. And um, you know what's so funny? You have written so many books on so many topics, yet none on mental health. What I think is so funny. Why is that? <laughs> because I don't want people, I want people to have to come to me. True. To glean the wisdom of Dr. Taylor, the latte boy DDS. So, I want, the, I want yes. them to sit at the knee of Dr. Taylor, the Latte Boy DDS, and hear me one on one. Yeah, no, I I agree. You know, and but so let me actually guide this one because there's a lot to co- to cover here, and you're you are our expert today. Let's first talk about June pulling Orion aside and saying, "Let me tell you something. I was mad that you're here, but I'm glad you're here." What did you think of this whole moment? What was what was the point of that? What was that? It, I don't know. I don't know what the point of that could be. And I just wrote, what are they trying to do with the June storyline? Mm-hmm. Because over her episode, episode one and this one, it's just this weird of like where and this might just be my opinion, but it's almost like where they're, we want you to root for her, mm-hmm. but we also acknowledge she's a big mess. Mm-hmm. Like where, she, where she's just like sloppy, mm-hmm. like on like a like a, on a cog not a cognitive but like on an emotional level there's mm-hmm. just a lot going on there um 
and I, I don't know how that benefits a relation, a, a potential relationship with Orion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel as though it's an honest relationship as far as talking about, and they talk about it in Untucked with Daya a little bit as well of the, the frustration of feeling like, okay, we just got rid of two of them. Mm-hmm. And now those two are back mm-hmm. that it is sort of this like, okay, well now I went from having a one in 12 to, you know, four seconds later, now I'm one in 14. Mm-hmm. So, and I think there's a way that that could have been addressed or could have been discussed that would have benefited everybody, at least benefited June at that point. What are your thoughts? Well, I think you're right. And to contrast it with what we just talked about, it's one of these things where I don't think Cornbread would have handled it that way. There's a way of handling that moment. Well, first of all, pulling someone aside is kind of dramatic. Okay, first of all. It's two... Uh Is, I feel there's a, a a more elegant way of saying that same thing um, instead of saying I was disappointed to see you return. You know, um, yeah. It was just it was just sort of bizarre. It was very very strange. You could even tell um, Kennedy was like, "What's going on here?" You know, is that her name? That's Kennedy Davenport. Who? Who's the who's, oh the one that was the one that was sitting there? Who's Jasmine Hathaway? What's her name? Oh, Jasmine. Yeah. Um, she should change her name to Jasmine Hathaway because she reminds me of Anne Hathaway. There's something about her that's very Anne Hathaway to me. It's the, it's the jawline. Oh, okay. Anne Hathaway yeah. has a man's jaw. So, uh. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Yeah. First, folks. First, folks. Okay. First folks. Well, take him to the hospital. Anyway. <laughs> So let's move on. Uh, I have a question for you. How long before Angeria and Lady Camden fuck? <laughs> I don't think that. I think much shorter than than we all realize. It's probably already happened. Yeah. And it, they, it, the, the way that the two of them seem to talk to each other, where there seems to be this connection from right mm-hmm. when they first walked in, yeah. is very cute to watch. Yeah. It's it's very um, similar to, though that was a lot more um, a lot more obvious. But the the Eureka Trinity kind of flirtation thing that they had going on in All Star Six this last season, where it's kind of like it's kind of cute to watch them kind of be sort of flirty and busting each other's stones and and all of that sort of thing. So I I enjoyed that moment. But do you believe that Angeria? Do you think Angeria is really attracted to uh, Lady Camden? For sure, is into Angeria. Do you think Angeria is into Lady Camden? Maybe. Yeah, I think Lady Camden about to die, and Angeria wanted her to be happy. Let's. That's an old. This show is so old. There are people that are not going to get that reference. That's the thing that sucks about that. That that is one of those funny statements Uh that that there 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 are the children that are that started at like season eight or nine are going to have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh. All right. Now let's talk about the big moments here. First of all, let's talk about Orion revealing that his mother committed suicide. Uh, and that everything he does, the reason he does drag is to honor her and whatnot. What were your thoughts here? Um, as far as suicide goes, as mm-hmm. far as the, as her being the survivor of someone who completed suicide, I give Orion credit for that because what she did in talking about that, specifically talking about the way in which her mother died is she took away 
or she, she potentially has taken away some of the stigma mm-hmm. that I know a lot of families feel about having a, having a loved one complete suicide. Yeah. Um, and talking about that, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to feel the feelings that you have and it's okay to honor that person. A lot of times people see suicide as something that weak people do or, you know, and then there, there's kind of that kind of goes along with whenever you think of that person, you think of more how they died versus how they lived. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she wants to honor her mother with the outfit that she's wearing today and everything I thought was, I thought was very nice, very great. Speaking to who her mom is through her drag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, I was very angry because I was like, ugh, no, I can't say mean things about Orion. But <laughs> sure you can. Sure you can. Just don't say mean things about her mother committing suicide. I would never do that. You know, mental health and I and I've told this to somebody recently, it's it's we have to start realizing it's a disease. It's not a weakness, you know. And, and I think the same thing is true as well with like any kind of addiction, whether it be alcohol or drugs, is the person has a disease. And so when a person, for instance, committed suicide, you said completed suicide. I now you are the mental health professional, but to me, Suicide is the end result of someone dying from a disease, the way someone dies from cancer, uh, or another lung disease, you know? No, I don't mm-hmm. know. You, yeah. And it's just, you know, they it had, can be. Yeah. It can be. There can be other things, but yeah. yeah. They had an illness and whatnot. So, um, and I, I, you know, it, it is, it's a very, it's, it, it would be a, hor- it would be horrible and awful to, you know what's really funny? I'll give some teas. I have a friend, and I found out something mm-hmm. very interesting recently to show to to, to underline what you just said. Is years ago, twenty years ago, I think it was. Um, her brother committed suicide, and it was mm-hmm. one of the hardest funerals I've ever been to. Okay, it's a difficult funeral, mm-hmm. and I could tell stories, but I would cry and whatnot. Right, that's how horrible the funeral was. Mm-hmm. But we were all on a Zoom call later, and she mentioned that we, we were in a group of friends that it'd been 20 years since he um, passed away. Uh-huh. And she has children. They're like 11 and 9 or something like that. And she said, I, I'm now we, – we were shocked when she said this, by the way. She's now – she was like, I'm – you know, my husband and I were considering telling them that he existed. <laughs> like they had hid his existence from them. Um, mm-hmm. but I think it's because it, I don't think it's a lot of a meanness. I don't hold her. I think it, it's one of these things that it's so difficult to confront that it's easier just to pretend, you know? Uh, yeah. That, that's what I was going to say is if the, if they reveal to, if she reveals to her children that this person lived, then there are follow-up questions to that that may involve very difficult conversations. Yeah. And now she feels that they're old enough to hear about it. But I was thinking about like, oh, how interesting, you know, because that's, that's just very, very interesting. So, uh, yeah, my heart goes out to Orion. Uh, let's also talk about, uh, Carrie Colby. She, now, by the way, unfortunately, Carrie Colby had her moment, I wouldn't say stolen, but overshadowed by what happened with cornbread. But Carrie Colby was sharing about, the difficulty of she knew, you know, she was trans and, uh, you know, kids nowadays, it's easier, not easy, but it's a little easier than it was 20 years ago to uh, present that to your families. 
And this trick, and so that's a, a sad story, but it triggered a, an emotional reaction on Cornbread's part, and we later learned that Cornbread had uh, left her house, and even think more heartbreaking than that, when she was in high school, that her family didn't go looking for her. And yeah. um, I wanted to know your thoughts and weigh in on this. Well, I think that, again, as you talked about, that seemed to be a very genuine reaction from Cornbread. Um, whereas I think that we've seen other Queens, as you said in the past, kind of not that to think, Oh, this is, I can have a moment. And mm-hmm. it did, it didn't feel like she was having a moment in, in this, in this, she was, she wasn't looking for camera time. Let me rephrase that. Mm-hmm. I also, it reminds me because we have since learned that cornbread is transitioning, mm-hmm. that it reminds me or has begun or is in the process of transitioning. It reminded me kind of, of when you look back now at season six Mm -hmm. and some of the things that Gia Gunn mentioned and some of the anger that Gia Gunn had towards like somebody like milk Mm -hmm. um, and calling them dudes and all of that sort of stuff. I almost wonder if she was thinking about this, the things that Carrie was saying on a completely different level than she was willing to share with the cameras at that time with Mm -hmm. the producers. Um, So uh, adding on top of that, just the idea of, because there were things that I think that she just wasn't ready to reveal on TV yet. Um, It was so we've had many, I have had many clients who have had stories similar to cornbread, um, particularly clients of color where they have, no, I was thrown out at like 15 and I had to, I couch surfed at friends' houses and I did all of that sort of stuff. And it's incredibly sad that we still live in a community that does not take care of our queer, uh, children. Which is so funny because to me, that in and of itself disproves the idea that this is a choice. Why would a child choose to give up their home, their comfort, their security? So that they could be, you know, a different gender or love the same gender. Uh, it's, 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 it, it boggles my mind, Taylor. I'll be honest with you. By the way, but I, oh, go ahead. It, it, but I mean, it's, it, and unfortunately it's out there. And, and I was very fortunate that I had two parents who were very supportive of me, but I also purposely did not come out until I was in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. And part of that was, and I, so I, it's one of the few things that I've ever said to my father that he said hurt my, hurt his feelings was I said part of the reason I didn't come out until later was I wanted to make sure that he would continue paying for college mm-hmm. because my fear was that he would have said, well, fuck you, faggot, you're on your own. And I had no way to pay for school. So and he said, well, that really hurts my feelings. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I said, but I was in survival mode at that point. So. I understand I, I I understand the pain. I can only imagine. I can only think I can understand the pain that Cornbread was going through in that moment. At first, I th- you know, she didn't say right away why she was crying. At first, I thought it was tears of joy because she realized the doors that Gia Gunn had opened for her and uh, mm-hmm. Carrie Colby. But it wasn't. It wasn't that at all. No. Um, all right, Taylor. It is now time for the main stage. Oh, wait. As you know, I don't like to talk about the looks. Okay? Okay. And since this was a ball episode, and we, and by the way, everyone, to get detailed thoughts on the looks, you should go listen to our show, Bring It to the Runway, Christian and Robert, 
are going to painstakingly detail and go over every single look, and they're going to do it with humor and sass and wisdom, right? Bring it to the runway and afterthought media show. Listen to it to get the tea on all the looks. But we're going to talk about it a little bit. But you know, Taylor, I don't like to talk about the looks. So I right. booked a very special guest to go over the looks with you, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Welcome to the main stage of RuPaul's Drag Race. Style superstar Carson Kressley. Now, have you ever met a pair of balls you didn't like? No, because they're usually balls deep inside of me, shooting cum <laughs> inside of my pussy. <laughs> Hi, Taylor. It's me, Carson Kressley, style superstar. Carson, you look amazing today. I sure do. You wouldn't think so with all the cum dripping down my leg. <laughs> Well, we're thrilled to have you. Thank you. And my bushy's even more wet to be here. <laughs> Are you talking about these looks, Taylor? Yes, and I decided to help Joe out by, by saying, just saying a yes or no next to each look. So whether or not I liked it, I'm just, well, I'm just Joe. boiling it down. I'm boiling it down to a one word answer. Fuck Joe. He's busy uh, catfishing the Discord people and sliding into Twink's DMs. <laughs> he Much like people news. slide into your pussy? People slide, so many people slide into my pussy, it's like Union Station in here. Trains are coming. <laughs> clang, clang right. with the trolley. I don't even know what that means. Uh, Taylor, I have a, I'm, I'm back, Taylor, and I have a question okay. for you. What did you think was going to happen with 42 looks? I, that's why I just did like a little checker remind us. I didn't think you were going to – and you also talked about how you didn't want to necessarily talk about the looks anymore because we have bring it to the runway. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Like I'm – oh, my God. I'm so, this would have been a five million hour show. So no, why don't we do this? That's what I was trying to do. So I apologize no, to everybody no, 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 who wanted no. my deep fashion know-how about Taylor's. Oh, wait. Oh, let me tell you this. No, 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 no. First of all, I'm editing all that out. But two is <laughs> no one's gonna know what you're talking about. But two, Christian and Robert wanted to come on with us. I nixed it because they didn't want to wake up this early. And two, mm-hmm. um, it would have been a four hour show. And three, I need two shows. You know, so yeah, so no. But like, I would love to get your. I'm just not good at. I mean, I. I literally was looking at these looks, and I was like, I don't know what's good or what's bad. I mean, there were some that I really liked and some I didn't like. But who did you like? Do you remember who you liked? And Jiria had good looks across the board. Yes. She was the only one that I liked all three of her looks. Willow, the other two looks were fine, but that last look, the one that she made in the, in the thing, was really great. That was fantastic. Yes. Um, yeah. I thought Maddie looked horrible. Yeah. June looked horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, those are just off the top of my head. But every and yeah. everybody else was fine, you know. And so here's my question to you. So we so we have you in this segment. Why don't we change it up? Why don't you tell me who were to you the top three look queens across the board? Well, just I'm just saying, like overall among the two groups, top three look queens. 
Okay, so Angeria is definitely I was slightly surprised that she did not win. Okay. I think that that was that was storyline driven was that they gave Willow Pill the win on okay. that one. Um I liked I liked all three of Diabetes looks. Mhm. And um I would say I guess Willow, I did like Willow's, the, the final look for Willow. I thought mm-hmm. it was really awesome. I don't know that I necessarily got bride from mm-hmm. that, yeah. but it was, it was a really, it was a well-made look, I thought. I have an interesting question for you. Let's not even think, because the bottoms are clearly, you know, June. Uh, who else was in the bottom for you? Who else? Well, June was in the bottom. Uh, Maddie was in the bottom for me. And I, I had two no's for Lady Camden. Oh, okay, and cornbread. Actually, cornbread. I had well, no across the board, so cornbread was actually my least favorite of everybody's. But let me tell you this, and this is going to my next question, and that that feeds into that. Who were you expecting more from, and were disappointed? Cornbread. Okay, cornbread was one that I was really, really disappointed with. And who were you not expecting much from, and you were su- surprised pleasantly? Willow. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Very interesting. Yeah, and those are the looks. <laughs> Those are the looks. Those are the looks. And what? Okay. All right, Taylor. Let's go on here on the main stage. RuPaul names Willow Pill the winner of the challenge and places Maddie Morphosis and June Jambalaya in the bottom two, forcing them to square off in a limp sync battle for their lives. A song, I Love It. By Kylie Minogue. In the end, Maddie Morphosis goes straight through to next week, while June Jambalaya is asked to sashay away, leaving 13 queens in the competition. Taylor the Latte Boy, let's talk about the lip sync. Let's talk about the main stage. Any final and anything you didn't forget to mention? Anything you forgot to mention? Fi- I, any final thoughts on the episode? I have four things. Go ahead. Four things that we didn't mention. One, Alyssa Hunter was, for the most part, completely absent in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think she got any confessional time, and no. I with the exception of of the runway, kind of forgot she was there, which yeah. is not a good sign this early on. Mm-hmm. Um, two, let's talk for a moment about yeah. the coffee enema thing. Mm-hmm. What was going on with that? Because that was very – she seemed, which th- this is a word that I wouldn't normally use for Rue, out of control. Mm-hmm. She's done that, but this is not the first time, though. We've seen it a couple of times. Remember that one time when she came into the workroom and she was being super weird? Uh, she's done this stuff before. I think it truly is over-caffeination. I really do. Um, or it could be, uh, she's freaking out of the producer because it's so boring, so she's trying to, um, artificially liven it up and make memes, make memes on the spot, you know? Um, but I actually, honestly, I believe her. I don't think it was coffee enemas. I think it was just too much coffee. But Would you ever do a coffee enema? Yeah, I do an enema. I do any kind of enema. Have you done it? Like, not like an enema, like a fleet enema, enema, but like an actual, like going to a place. No, and- I've never done it because they're always like, and then they show you everything coming out of your butt. And I'm like, I don't want to. No. Uh-uh. Maybe I will, though, because Aiden's coming to town in a couple of weeks. Maybe I'll go and oh. get, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> she she wants to be showroom new. Yeah. Hey. So, um, <laughs> too bad Carson's not here to talk about it. Um, so, uh, what I was going to tell you, go ahead. 
No, it just was a very it was it was uncomfortable. And like in the beginning, it was kind of funny, but then it kept getting ratcheted up and ratcheted up. And then she was just randomly saying, you know, have you ever had a coffee? Like it just like I don't get what she was trying to do other than she realized this is an opportunity, like you said, to like. Well, make memes and yeah. be the, the silly. guest, the guest judge, bless her heart, wasn't super interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't even know who. I don't even know what that is. What's Bling Empire? I don't even know what that I is. I think it's a it's a Netflix show. Oh, it is. Yeah, I didn't even know what that was. And by the way, she was fine. There was nothing wrong with her, but she just wasn't particularly exciting. And yeah. I think, and the cast isn't particularly exciting. And I think she's overly. I do really do think she had a lot of coffee, not coffee enemas, but I do think she had a lot of coffee. And mm-hmm. I think that she was like, this is boring. You know, so I was just trying to artificially liven it up. All right. So uh, one of my last two thoughts was that uh, that lip sync was horrible. Mm-hmm. It was super underwhelming on both parts. But I feel like, again, the only reason they're keeping Maddie around was that was storyline driven. That they don't want to get rid of the, the straight guy just yet. I can see that. But I'll be honest with you. If we're giving the benefit of the doubt to the producers and the judges, June was winning and then got sloppy. Yeah, it was, it was a sloppy, her lip sync was very sloppy, but, but the other one was boring. That's what I'm saying. If she would have kept her shoes on and not been as sloppy, she probably would have won, I think, or they would have at least cut it so it didn't look like she win. Yeah. Yeah. Maddie, Maddie's going to be in trouble if she has to lip sync again. She's a horrible lip sync. I mean, here's yes. the deal. I've been saying for a while, and I still kind of believe this. I, I believe Maddie when he says he's straight, right? Um, But I also think he's a six-pack away from getting a blowjob from a guy. But that said, um, he, he does give... And I hate to say this, and I know it sounds gender denying, blah 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 blah, and spirit of drag, but it does often come off as a dude in a dress. Yeah. Um, the way, and, and and what's funny and what's really disappointing to me is, I think Maddie is talented enough and smart enough to not have that energy, but does it to keep some semblance of his masculinity, even though he says he doesn't care. It does seem like a wink and a nod to like, I'm really straight, you know? So I can't really move like a girl or cause it just, it, it, I don't know. It, 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 it really, there's a lot going on there. Now, no, look, he is from Arkansas. Our friend Adam Burns is from Arkansas Uh and maybe I'm projecting one onto the other, you know, but it it just it just seems that there's a lot going on there that we're not seeing behind the scenes, and it comes off in a, it comes off as weird and awkward in the in the persona. Yeah, it, it's not. I'm I'm not seeing a lot of love for Maddie online. Yeah. So, but well, look, it, look. Here's the deal: if the most exciting thing about you is that you're straight, I mean, she had a great look. He had a great look last week, though. That was a great look, but it was a very costumey look. So now that well, we're doing fashion, it's like, well, well, I don't know. I, I, I just, I, I would be, be more. I would be shocked if Maddie blows me away. I think, you know, you. I think they also want to see what a straight guy does for Snatch Game. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, my last thought was now, as we talked about earlier, we definitely have some Nancy Drews mm-hmm. in 
our group. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, we also see that there are definite Nancy Drews within the within the community mm-hmm. that watch this show, large community. Yeah. Do you think now yeah. this also goes against what we just got done saying as far as um, the manipulation of the candy bars. Mm-hmm. But do you think that at some point in a couple of episodes, they'll be able to deduce who has a candy bar? They the, have candy the, bars. The, the, the viewers. No, who has the gold bar? I'm sorry. Who has the actual gold wrapper? Oh, how would they determine that? Well, as people as people go away, I feel like you're going to get like, are they not picking certain people because the producers know they have the gold bar versus wanting to hold off versus possibly, you know, um, you know, they're going to pick the time at some point. They they are never going to let this season go completely through the season with nobody opening the gold bar. I don't want to meet there. Um. You're right because there would be a pro- it would be anticlimactic if one of the top four has the gold bar, right, right. Unless, how would that be though? If one of the top has, and then after they lip sync for your legacy or you lip sync for your life, one of them has to open the gold bar and then they stay in the running for for the crown. I don't know. I ju- I just. I guess it's one of these that at some point we will see, if not in our uh, Discord chat, but somewhere online where they'll say, because of what we're seeing and who's opened their candy bar versus who hasn't opened their candy bar versus all these different things, we we have deduced that one of these three has the candy bar. Yeah. I don't, I haven't quite fleshed that out, but again, I was exhausted watching the show last night. So that might be part of why I was, why I wrote that down. Interesting. I don't know how they would determine that, especially since we discussed. Oh yeah, and you said it, it, it countered uh, uh, what we just said, which is that it's completely manipulated. Any other thoughts, Taylor? Yeah. No, that's it. All thoughts have been given. All thoughts have been given. All right. Like I said, the the looks are going to be gone over in detail with Christian and Robert over on Bring It to the Runway. Taylor, you're welcome to join. Um, and you can give all your thoughts on the looks there. Uh, are you are your feelings really hurt, Taylor? Do you need to talk about the the in detail the looks ball? No, no, no. And I, I apologize to our listeners. <laughs> well, once again, no one's going to hear that. That's why I was like, okay. we'll talk about this off the air. But I was like, just do it. I can just always edit it out later. Um, hmm. Lean in. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each and every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 14. So for Tato the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. <laughs> Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. You can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. For more drag race and LGBTQ content, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Taylor has another podcast. It's called Pod is My Copilot, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Instagram and Twitter at P-I-M-C Taylor. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram and Twitter at Joe Batanz. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen and Zach Birch. 
very special thanks to these expensive tier Patreon supporters. Agnesia Chopinska, April Pacheco, Astute Girl, Brad Coley, Coco San Pedro, Declan Prosser, Drew Brooks, E. Smith, Emma, Humble Pie, J. Thomas Plank, Jesse Harris, Lauren Eckert, Lionel Campbell, Lucy Carrasco, Luke Stamen, Nicholas Springham, Poppy Woods, Ricardo Herrera, Sarah Yu, Tom Bombs, Travis Newlin, Troy Anderson, Zach Nelson, Corinna Williamson, Elizabeth Timmer, Nikki Baker, Robert NYC, and Alexandra Sixt. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.